0: To get started, I will be conversing with my former roommate, Shauna Brown, back in Chattanooga, Tennessee. (laughs) While living together, Shauna and I have had moments of vulnerability and sometimes not so much moments of vulnerability. But years later, we are two women who are continuing to grow into our own and even understanding the, the beauty of redefining what vulnerability is and what it looks like this around the way girl wants to chat with you she's discovering new information in this world that surrounds her tapping into her inner power her sexuality and taking ownership of her insecurities she discovered she had to unlearn some things come and enjoy her moments of reflection re-education redefinition and evolution kick back sip some wine take a drive whatever your vibe. Join me, your host, Shea Sanaa, with She Discovered Podcast. So stay tuned. You might learn some things. Shauna, my love, thank you so much for being a part of She Discovered Podcast. <laughs> thank you, I feel so honored. I'm over here cheesing. You guys can't see, but all of my pearly whites are <laughs> going. no. I appreciate it. I appreciate it because our listeners are now um, going to be able, just for a bit, to tap in into the many, many deep conversations that we have already had, which I believe has contributed not only to the growth of our friendship but also to the growth of who we are as women as individuals period and how it relates to how we understand who we are and at the same time how we interact with others so of course today we're talking about which i like to call the forbidden emotion which is vulnerability mm. But by definition, vulnerability is basically seen as being weak, opening yourself up to being taken advantage of. You're susceptible to being hurt. So I just want to dive right in and tell me a little bit or tell our listeners a little bit about your relationship with vulnerability. Like what did it look like for you growing up or into teenage years up until now? transparency. Transparency,
1: authenticity were not things that I feel in my experience that I was shown and guided on how to fully embrace. Your question, she discovered podcast, is about exposing authentic nature without shame. The fact that I'm here and able to have this conversation is a significant milestone to show the journey that I've gone on. I'm sure, many of you listeners will be able to attest. We may have awareness of something. We may be able to think about like, yeah, that's important. But were you shown that? Mm. Do you, do you, can you confidently say that you see that often? Can you confidently say you display that often? So there's a difference between thinking something is a good thing to do versus actually making it a part of who you are. I always saw that, you know, being yourself was a good thing, but I did not fully translate it until my adult years because, Mm -hmm. like many people, you don't see it. It's just a catchy phrase. Yeah. You don't see it in action. For me, in my childhood, which was very, very complicated, very complex, just a lot of hurt, people hurting people, it was survive. Mm. You do what you need to do to survive. So no, I'm not going to show you myself because you could use that against me later on. And then even going into my teen years and into adulthood, it wasn't until college that I realized how guarded I was. It wasn't until college that I realized that I crave vulnerability. I craved to be authentic, but I was so scared that I was actually crippled by my fears.
0: Do you have any particular example that you remember where that became prominent in your mind where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm struggling with vulnerability here. Yes.
1: Yeah, so I transferred from university in not the University of Miami, but attending the university in Miami to Tennessee. And within about a first month of being in Tennessee, I had an accident. I broke my back right off the cuff. I am no longer living at home. I'm in a brand new state. Don't know nobody making my way around. Boom. <laughs> I am literally on my back. I was hit with the reality of how difficult it was for people to see Shauna. I was hit with the reality of how difficult it was to say that I needed help for people to see me hurt, cry, to even understand not just the parts of me that were in pain, but the beautiful parts of me, because there were people who were spending a lot of time helping me through my healing process. That was probably in my adulthood, the triggering experience that really ushered in a new phase of Shauna, like a new journey, because I felt love like I'd never really felt love before from
0: some people. You were experiencing love and that was causing you to actually, would you say, softening up to realize that it was safe to be vulnerable. It was safe to share your scary moments or your happy moments with individuals knowing that they would not take advantage of that? I was
1: at the hospital and one of my friends, uh, who we were all leaders in this organization where the accident happened, I murmur coming in and out of consciousness and she was always there. And I'm just like, I just met you. Yeah. <laughs> she never left my side in the hospital. She and along with my other guy friend, they literally carried me because my dorm didn't have an elevator and I lived on the third floor. They literally carried me three flights of stairs to my bed. And then the next day when I had to go back to the hospital, they showed up and they took me back downstairs to the hospital. And carried me to the hospital. So for me, like I remember crying my eyes out because I had n- no one carried me since I was a child. Nobody stuck with me that long that I wasn't obligated to, or that was a family, or had known me my whole life. Obligated, yeah. So that for me
0: broke a lot of my walls. Growing up when we have experienced love or care, there are times that many of us have felt it truly to its purest form and there are other times where we felt like okay example your mother or your father calls you beautiful and you don't feel too beautiful about yourself and you're like oh you're obligated to tell me that you're my dad Mm -hmm. you're my mom you know so many times if we don't experience it from the outside world many times we do have a moment of devaluing ourselves which causes us to even shell up even more and vulnerability is definitely out you know out the window Mm -hmm. um i would say for myself (laughs) i literally had to i had a reality check because i always saw vulnerability as my mantra gonna be me i don't care i don't get embarrassed easily until I realized that vulnerability went way deeper than you desiring to be yourself and be transparent, or they say, wear your feelings or your heart on your sleeve. Because I realized I was most vulnerable when it came to intimate relationships. But when it came to friends and family, although I was vulnerable, I always had an escape route. Hmm. The moment that I felt rejection, the moment I was criticized about my personality or character, I received that as rejection. And I received that as I'm not wanted, I'm not loved. So I no longer want you and I no longer love you. Well, I won't go as deep as saying I no longer love you, but I placed a wall up. Instead of communicating you know, what you said hurt me. That was not going to happen because what you said already demonstrated to me that you, and it's, it's as small as criticism, Mm -hmm. but I took it as you already just showed me how you felt about me or how you feel Mm -hmm. about me. So why should I now even (laughs) show more emotions Mm -hmm. Especially growing up in certain cultures or, or certain neighborhoods, it's like, oh, you a punk. Somebody already said something about you, about your personality to criticize you. Either it's your personality, character, or even your looks to say you hurt my feelings. I did not appreciate that. This makes me angry is to be like, oh. Man up Like mm-hmm. why are you letting that affect you For me I learned that aspect of it And I also learned the part about Defending my emotions In the sense of like I will n- I will not give you a place In my heart any longer And of course with certain people Reconciliation was able to happen But I realized that that was a defense Mechanism for myself mm-hmm. So as much as I was like Yeah vulnerability Up until adulthood Reality Check was like, no, you really don't have it all together because you still use this mechanism. More detrimental, I would say, is that to relationships, either be family, friends, based on how I felt is how I now treated you. If you made me feel rejected, Mm -hmm. I'm also going to operate with you in that same manner. And it's all a defense mechanism. I'm slowly beginning to understand or slowly beginning to find ways to kind of stop myself from doing that. I I don't mind telling my age. I'm about to be 37. I have no more time to play the, let me man up. You know, game. Like, if I'm a person that says communication is important, vulnerability is important, transparency is important, then I understand that if someone does something, maybe I may not be ready to vocalize it right away, but I could easily say, you know what, that didn't sit too well with me. I didn't appreciate that. Communicate that uh, to people to be able to just have that vulnerability where you're able to show yourself. As much as we see vulnerability as weakness, it's truly power when you're able to say where you are at. I love what you said about practicing that even
1: now and reminding us and making that part of who we are and part of our habit, and our process, so that when we sit down in each situation, it doesn't always have to be us with somebody else. A lot mm-hmm. of times it's
0: just us with ourselves. Dr. Brene Brown mentioned with authenticity, you can't have vulnerability without authenticity. Authenticity, she describes as don't puff up, Mm -hmm. don't shrink, and stand in your sacred ground. And I just thought that was affirmation or step Mm -hmm. that you can take to understand how to step into authenticity. And if you do those steps, you actually are stepping into vulnerability. You are. Yeah, right, because it's just Mm -hmm. like, if you don't puff up, you know what I mean? You don't get boastful. You're not already (laughs) finding a defense mechanism kind of shy away from whatever the situation is causing you to not tap into vulnerability so i love those those moments that she shared and we're gonna talk about that a lot during this episode because dr brené brown is like the guru of vulnerability authenticity
1: (laughs) knowing who you are knowing your strengths and weaknesses and knowing the fact that you don't have to prove it to anybody including yourself and that ties into what you just said because it's just like you're not proving anything you're not having to justify things and the real you that doesn't have to puff up you know because how many times do we step out of that place of humility is because we're trying to
0: prove something gracing the conversation, we have Dr. Myron Edmonds, leadership and relationship coach, pastor of Grace Community Seventh-day Adventist Church in Euclid, Ohio. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, greater Cleveland area. Euclid's fine. Wherever they can find us. We're <laughs> too, so, you
0: know. so I wanted to ask you now, what has your relationship with uh, vulnerability been like as a man and even specifically as a Black man?
2: Well, first, before I even respond to such a loaded question. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I want you to know i'm here i'm here i'm here for all this tea today i'll tell you right now. let's I'm, go i gotta say thank you thank you for having me on on this podcast to be able to have this conversation of course but i feel like i have permission to be vulnerable yes in this space. 100 those of you who are watching and listening whatever you need to share this you need to uh invite somebody to be a part of this i'm just feeling this You know, honestly, let me tell you what I really think it is. I think at the base level, it's human nature's, it's just our default setting to hide. I'm a Christian, I'm a believer. So, you know, whether somebody is a believer or not, they may or may not be listening. My faith teaches me that, you know, as a result of sin and the fall that Adam and Eve, the first thing they did was they put fig leaves on uh, to hide from God and to hide from each other. And, you know, the the scripture literally says that they were, that before that they were naked and unashamed and of course, post-sin. Everybody, all of their kids, all of their grandkids, all the way up into us, our default setting, even though we welcome vulnerability, right? And we see it as a superpower, as you expressed. We see it as courage, right? We see it as human. It's really, to me, vulnerability is permission to be a human. My definition of vulnerability permission, giving yourself permission or others' permission to be human. Vulnerability simply means to be human because of our societal default setting towards pretension and really just uh, towards wanting acceptance at any cost. And so acceptance at any cost simply says that I'm willing to compromise my integrity. Now, what I mean by the integrity, because I just posted this the other day, I think integrity is so much more than than not telling a lie, right? I think integrity is being true to yourself, right? Right. I think integrity Mm -hmm. is being honest with who you are as a person and that inside matching the outside and not feeling the pressure to have to put on for other people, you know, so as to get their acceptance and their approval because you are impressive. Sadly, I think social media and the culture that we're, we're living in now actually promotes that even more. I'm amazed because, you know, I listen to a lot of millennials and Zers, you know, complain about the previous generation, boomers and others, xers you know, who kind of thrive on pretension, thrive on significance. And, and here we are saying, ah, uh-uh, we're we, we going to keep it real. Honestly, social media is one of the most pretentious places on the planet where there is no permission to be vulnerable. Yep. Cancel culture, cancel culture reigns supreme. You know, everybody's trying to be impressive. Everybody's trying to get the perfect shot, you know, for their profile picture. Everybody's mm-hmm. trying to show how they live in their best life. And so I think we have a culture, we have a culture that needs an entire shift, but I am starting to see that shift happening. And more and more people are embracing the notion that vulnerability is really the gateway. It's the gateway to freedom. Everybody, this is what everybody, I think every human being wants this. They wanna be loved, right? And what is love? It's to be fully known, and fully accept it. Like when you are fully known, flaws and all, but yet, listen, I notice about you, I understand it, but listen, I receive you just the way you are. I've been doing this long before I got introduced to Brene Brown, you know, really this cultural shift towards vulnerability. My father, his baby boomer as he is, he modeled that, I'm a pastor, right? So I, I watched him cry when he would preach, every time. I would watch him talk about his upbringing and I'd listen to him tell stories about how he was raped as a child. And I'd hear him talk about his fears. This is who he was. So so in many respects, I have an advantage. I, I would even call it I have an emotional trust fund, right? What was <laughs> what was mm-hmm. give what was mm-hmm. given to me. It was given to me by my father, an African-American male who grew up during the civil rights era. He gave me that, that, look, you are not weak or wimpy if you cry, if you show emotion, if you show failure. When he would preach, that was to me what gave him his edge because he would, in the most, I would say, ingenious way, talk about himself and his own flaws in a way not to make himself a superhero, but to say, I'm preaching with you. I'm not preaching to you. That helped frame my whole my whole life. And so thankfully my father modeled that to me and and it's just been my birthright
0: be honest. (laughs) You are very fortunate to have had that because that's not many men's experience. And I'm going to keep saying it over again, because it's our culture. It's not many black men experience to have had fathers that, you know, displayed vulnerability in the home, especially on a platform, seeing that your father was also a pastor, having a platform, even being vulnerable, not only within the home, but without in the community, because it's one thing to be vulnerable with your wife and kids, but it's another thing to be vulnerable with your congregation and to say these are my um my flaws these are the 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 spaces that i have fallen short and to be to be ready and open for ridicule for people especially within the christian atmosphere to people to say like wait you were raped So how does that affect how you, you know, um, disciple us, not realizing that it actually empowers him
1: Mm -hmm, even
0: mm -hmm, better mm -hmm. to disciple his Mm -hmm. congregation because he's gone through things and he's Mm -hmm. able to even, I don't want to use the word embrace, but in a sense, embrace his trauma and utilize that to say, you Mm -hmm. know what, I can identify with you.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I know mm -hmm. what
0: this feels like. I think it's a beautiful thing that you were able to to have that. What are your thoughts when it says that not everyone deserves your vulnerability? Again, Dr. Brene Brown was saying that she said something. She said, we share our shame. If we share our shame with the wrong person, it can easily become one more piece of flying debris in an already dangerous storm. So she was going down the list that there are those that if you are to reveal your shame story, they might either not listen and you feel even more exposed. You might feel ridiculed and realizing this person is not equipped to to take on my trauma or my shame. Or there are those that actually want to have a one up on you. You're busy telling them your story and they're like, oh, that's nothing. Let me tell you what happened to me. I've done that plenty of times. There are times it was in its purest form where I wanted to do it to say, you know what? I could relate with you. But I realized in that moment of trying to relate, I actually wasn't listening. What that person said, sit in the moment. I was mm-hmm. ready to give my story of like, oh yeah, but this happened to me too. And actually it happened even worse. So if mm-hmm. I got over it, then you can get over it. That would probably close off the person and wanting to be even vulnerable mm. with for us here being advocates for transparency, authenticity, is there such a thing as, and I believe there is, as not everyone deserves your vulnerability so Mm -hmm. one of the things that i've
1: learned on this journey is that trust and vulnerability are very much interwoven and Mm -hmm. within the realm of trust there is people can be trustworthy which means that i can you are reliable i can depend on you but then we recognize based off of their strengths and their weaknesses that not we cannot trust them in every situation right so for example do not trust me to be your accountant however However, that does not negate my trustworthiness overall so when it comes to how we entrust this thing that we call our vulnerability our most authentic self is by using intelligent trust is using wisdom and discernment to recognize what vibes are we working with here what is what motives are we working with here because if we are honest we know that there are some people who exist to make other lives just a mess they want other people to be a mess. They're not about kindness. They're not about love and respect and patience. They're not about holistic and genuine and morality. They're not about all these wholeness things. So no, we should not. And we should not gift them that access. Trust is developed I have no problem sharing with the world (laughs) you know they are things that are safe for me to hand out vulnerably to the world but then as the layers go deeper and deeper there's some things no the world is not privileged to get access to I call it intelligent trust and I Mm -hmm. actually got that from another source so I can't even you know take ownership of it but it empowers us to feel that it's okay that we're not close to everybody and can't give everybody everything.
0: I love mm-hmm. that you use the word intelligence because I'm thinking about emotional intelligence, right? Mm-hmm. Where it makes sense because everything, again, it's that's another thing I go by. Everything is balanced. So when you're thinking about the right and the left brain, right? The right brain is creativity, quote unquote, emotions, passions. And the left brain is the, the logic and so forth and trying to find a medium and a balance between those two things. So as I'm hearing you say, trust intelligence, which is also beautiful, It makes sense because learning to be vulnerable, it's not either extreme, right? It's not that, Mm -hmm. oh, now that I'm learning to be vulnerable and I'm embracing that, that everyone gets it. You know, like my heart is on my sleeve. I'm just going to show everyone everything because it is a trust experience. Mm -hmm. And also I'm not going to do the opposite where it's because I can't trust everybody, then I'm not going to do it at all. Mm -hmm. It's finding that medium and that intelligence, like you said, to understand who and when can I be vulnerable vulnerable with, but at the end of the day to embrace vulnerability because mm-hmm. we still see the power and the courage that comes with that.
1: Yes. So I use my intelligence to dictate how I move forward, not if I move forward.
0: Right.
2: As I, as I hear that quote, I see that the context is a shame story in the context of vulnerability, right? Mm-hmm. So we're talking about something that's, that's very personal, maybe a traumatic impact on a person to the extent that they feel shame, that they have felt, they felt shame because of it. She seems to be talking about from that perspective. Let me let me say this though. I and this is not really a point of departure, but I do feel I'll say at least in my case, I am not being vulnerable looking for people's permission to you know, affirm my vulnerability, mm-hmm. right? Or, even, or, or, or to celebrate it. Seriously, mm. I, that's just, I'm just telling you how I think. Mm-hmm. Me being vulnerable is me living in integrity. If the conversation comes up and we're talking, I don't have to know the people from Adam. I'm, I'm, and this is just me. And I know everybody may not function like this. And I'm not saying oh, I'm, on, I'm on another level and others are not. I just feel that I'm constantly evaluating my motives. And I don't ever want my motives to dwell in the realm of fear or wanting to be impressive, right? So even in this conversation right now, there could be a temptation. Okay, you've been brought on a podcast, right? You need to say something very impressive, right? Because you've been brought in. So I'm I'm constantly evaluating my motives. And my motives, to me, that's part of the vulnerability. Why am I doing this? Why am I saying this? Why am I not saying? Am I withholding something because I'm afraid that they may or may not vibe with what I'm saying? And don't get me wrong. I do think that we definitely need to have boundaries. Context is everything. Mm -hmm. For example, I'm also part-time in the military. There's a time and a place you learn in the military, you know, to do certain things. But even Mm -hmm. since I've been in the military, what I've noticed, I just came back from a training and I was quite honest and transparent in a a moment where we were having a discussion. And a lot of the people were like, I can't believe he said that. But a lot of people came to me afterwards and were like, man, thanks a lot. I was thinking the same thing. I think a lot of people out there are naturally afraid to be vulnerable. And that sets the tone for society, whether we feel like uh, we have their permission or their approval to do it. And a lot of times, the people that we are afraid of are afraid. They're, they're afraid and looking for somebody to give them permission to be themselves. I actually feel like I'm called to do that. I feel like I'm called to just be honest, to be real, to do it within reason, but not to do it based upon the response of other people. Either they like it or they don't like it. Either they approve it or they don't. And I don't feel like anybody has the power with my story to change the narrative. And even with their lies, their vitriol, They can try to repurpose it. It doesn't matter to me. Like at the end of the day, man, if God is for me and I'm not trying to spiritualize it. Listen, you can Mm -hmm. say whatever you want. I am going to stand in the honesty of who I am. I'm going to let my integrity speak for itself. And Mm -hmm. if you want to take it and run with it someplace else, that's fine. That's on you. But I don't do what I'm doing because I'm basing it on who's going to accept or receive what I'm saying.
0: Understood. That is also valid. It makes me think of again with the book the power of vulnerability uh she mentions that this man in corporate america was at a conference and he said something which was what people would deem as vulnerable and his superior came to him and he said i can't believe you did that like this is not the time or place to, to actually like reveal your emotions, especially at this conference to potential clients. And in that moment, he said, if you having an issue with me showing my truest self, then I'm actually working for the wrong company. And I think how she phrased it is that, do you ever find yourself reality checking your moment of shame? Due to vulnerability. So it's like in that moment, he actually checked his boss. Don't try to shame me for my moment of vulnerability. You know, like this is who I am. And I believe it does not take away from the work I've done or the work I'm doing or going to do. So if this is an issue for you because of what you deem I should be doing in this profession or as a gender, as a man, then you have the wrong person and I'm working for the wrong company. Have either of you ever had that moment where you had to actually check yourself and either check somebody else who was trying to shame you due to your vulnerability? Absolutely.
2: absolutely. When you you just mentioned that example, I was reflecting on that example. I want to see if y'all feel me on this thing. Like for me, (laughs) why I'm being vulnerable is just as important as being vulnerable. Like what is the motivation, right? What is the motivation? Vulnerability was never, this is a thing. Right. It's a thing now, thanks to Brene Brown and others and researchers. But it was never like, it was really me saying, listen, I do not want to be controlled by the thoughts of other people. I don't Mm want to be controlled. I don't want to be controlled by my fear. And vulnerability is not always about a shame story. And I'm not saying Brene Brown is saying that, but sometimes it could just be in a setting where you literally need to say, I don't know. And for a lot of people, that's being vulnerable, admitting that they don't know, admitting that they don't have it figured out. And so a lot of times we associate vulnerability with transparency, and I don't think that they're often the same. Sometimes transparency is about you maybe sharing some, something that is deep, that's on a deep level, and so you share it. And so a lot of times people say, you're very transparent. Yeah, sometimes, I, I mean, y'all know one story that I share, but for the most part, I'm just vulnerable. I'm willing to be human, willing to cast off this humility that Shauna talked about prior to us starting the podcast. Like, I don't have to have it all figured out. If people just cast that off in some settings, that is threatening to people because people base their whole persona off of being significant, being pretentious, being powerful, being a know-it-all. And I'm saying the vulnerable people can help shift this thing by not just telling all of our guts, but by just admitting that, hey, listen, by just carrying ourselves, having a vibe that says, I ain't all that, and I don't have everything figured out. And I am a person who's been through some stuff. And listen, whether you accept me or not, I don't care. You know, like that's vulnerability to me.
0: So are you saying that vulnerability more so mirrors authenticity than actual transparency? Because when I'm hearing you, it sounds like transparency is more of revealing oneself in the in the capacity of like a story or something that has occurred yes. to me compared right. to vulnerability is connected to authenticity because you're just being yourself.
2: Absolutely. That's At least okay. that's the way I, I see them as two separate things. Okay. Transparency, being see-through, sharing, those kinds of things. That's one thing. But just being vulnerable, that mm-hmm. could just be as simple as saying, oh, yeah,
0: I don't know. I put them all in the same basket, but I, I like that you're giving a different uh, perspective. And I wonder if more people see vulnerability as transparency so they don't embrace it because they're like, if to be vulnerable is to be transparent and tell you stories and let you see me for who I truly am, then that's even more scarier than admitting that I just don't know the answer. Almost
1: as if vulnerability is this, because we're, we're talking about language right now, right? So I'm a big word person. Funny thing is that a lot of times we really get caught up on the word more so than the context and what is actually being said, right? So it's almost as if vulnerability is this umbrella, right? It's this space of being human that encompasses on that authenticity that it requires, I mean, encompasses, requires, you can kind of like use these words all up in it authenticity trust we didn't even get there yet but joy it's being a whole person that's what vulnerability inspires within us to step into a place where all these different elements that we're talking about are Mm -hmm. activated not only do we step out our house but before we step out our house we open our eyes and we're authentic to ourselves Mm-hmm. right in preparation for being authentic to the world we are transparent by saying and i love that example because as a as a ceo see it all the time and i'm always like guys okay you need to be okay with being less than what you see in your head if you say well i'm a ceo i need to have a three piece suit on fam okay that's not always what you need to be if that's not who you are be okay with being you which means that you I have a role (laughs) and you work with other people who fill other roles. So you were never intended to have all of the answers. Almost as if we step into this place where each aspect of trust and joy and transparency and authenticity come alive within us.
0: Vulnerability is a holistic experience. It does encompass trust, transparency, authenticity, and ultimately, like Myron said, freedom. And again, we're going to keep quoting uh, Brene Brown in this podcast, but she says, when we lose our tolerance for vulnerability, joy becomes foreboding because we can't Step into joy. We can't enter into joy, living, trying to live up to other people's expectations, or trying to live up to the expectations that we've set on ourselves. We're already ha- we're already having this mindset of scarcity. We're already having this mindset of this is too good to be true. We're already trying to beat vulnerability to the punch. Like she said, we are dress rehearsing what might happen before it happens so it ultimately we're not embracing vulnerability and because we're not embracing vulnerability then we are basically forfeiting joy
2: yeah i don't know what what brings more joy to a person than the freedom of knowing that they are fully accepted first by themselves mm. you see and i think so much so much yes. of what we're trying to do and when you're okay with who you are as a person how can you not be happy Like, how can you not have joy? How can you not be at peace, right? Isn't that really what we want? We just wanna be at peace with who we are. When I am striving for the acceptance of other people, when I'm striving for it, I'm not happy. I've got to really get in touch with myself and get okay with all my flaws, all my issues, all my idiosyncrasies, all the self-awareness that I need to have as a person, as a black man, as Myron Edmonds, who is given to pride, who is given to approval addiction, right, who is given to all of these issues. Man, that's who I am, though. And I don't need none of y'all to accept that. You know what I'm saying? I need to be okay with that first. And so when I'm okay with that, man, listen, walking in the true sense of who I am, it becomes, it becomes a joyful experience because I'm no longer in conflict with who I am as a person. And I think a lot of people are in conflict with themselves, which is why they don't have joy, because they are totally afraid of being themselves because they're more concerned about other people than they're concerned about their own self-acceptance.
0: What happens when a person is like just engulfed with their flaws, you know, like I'm engulfed, I... I have pride issues, I have pornography addiction, I have drug addiction, I have whatever the issue or you deem to be the flaw. It's like, how do I sit in that and say, this is me, but hearing what you're saying, saying that, yeah, okay, I have pride issues, I have this issue, but because I am not living for anyone else, I guess answering that question for myself, I would say that when you're walking within that lane of being true to yourself, honest with yourself and self aware then now you open the window for healing now you open the window for transformation because if you are to go to therapy counseling or even someone as your confidant you can't begin the process of healing and change if you're not first honest if you're not on if you're giving a facade of who you Mm -hmm. are you already are not stepping Mm -hmm. into the lane of healing
2: you said it. And I was thinking while you were speaking that there may be somebody who's listening right now. They're not ready to be in that space, right? They're, they have to process this thing. And I want you to know, I don't want everybody to think as, as they're listening to me talk or listening to yourself or listening to Shauna that, you know, we're speaking from a place of arrival. This is an ongoing process. I am yes. tempted on a regular basis to be fake. I'm tempted Every on a regular day. basis to withhold portions of me because I'm not sure if people are going to like me or not. But I have tasted enough of authenticity, right? And vulnerability and the joy that it brings to say, listen, I definitely prefer that. I'm not saying I don't battle. I think all of us would say we battle, right? We all battle with that. But at least I know for a fact that once you taste it, there's nothing better than that. And it does require a process. It does require some serious battles with self and your own sense of identity, and your own sense of self-love.
0: Myron, I just want to tap into something a little bit. Since you are married, you have children, I'm curious to know where in your marriage or fatherhood did you have to start or continuing practicing vulnerability?
2: Uh, My wife and I, and she's really the superhero here, the way we have parented our kids from jump has been along the lines of, of vulnerability. And I'll give you just a prime example. One one example of ways parents can be vulnerable is admit they're wrong. I remember one time in particular uh, that comes to my mind is when my daughter actually found pornography on my phone. Now, listen, you talk about vulnerability. I ain't had no choice. I could have lied. So, and then she took the phone and gave it to my wife and said, Why does daddy have this on his phone? Listen, this is, listen, the Holy Spirit ain't going to let me not be vulnerable. I'm just going to tell y'all right now. Hey, hey. <laughs> hey, listen, man, he loves me too much, man. Nah, he's going to. My behind gonna get busted every time. Like this journey, it's my it's my rites of passage to just be vulnerable. It's my ministry. Everything's caught up in it. The Lord just like now, nah, you ain't we gonna love be it. Fake, We love we, it. We love it, and uh, we're gonna help you we, out.
0: We love it, and we appreciate
2: it. Yeah, but we've had. I, I use that as example because. You know, we had to have a tough conversation after that. And we have ongoing conversations. I think some parents look at, you know, vulnerability and they see it as a conversation. Like, no, it's a lifestyle that we try to model before our kids that, no, just because we're your parents doesn't mean we know it all. Just because we're older doesn't mean we make all the right decisions. Here are mistakes we've made when we were kids. Here are mistakes that we're making now. Man, how many times have you leaned in a little closer and listened to somebody because, man, they just got vulnerable, right? Or they just got real. Like you, mm-hmm. we even say that, oh man, it just got real. It just got real. It just got yeah. real. We talk openly with our kids and they, and they lean in and they're, and they're paying attention. We talk about our struggles in our marriage. I've heard my wife, wa- my wife talk to my daughter about the dudes that she's interested in. She's dating and she, she tells them, look, let me tell you, here's some mistakes that I made. Here's, here's what you need to look out for. And I'm not telling you this, you know, cause there's a way parents can talk to their kids. Like, don't do this. Don't get pregnant. Don't have sex. Don't do that. And they talk from a position of strength. But the way we talk to our kids is always from a position of humanity and weakness. Like we've been there, mm. like we've made this mistake, like you have to make your own choices. But I jacked up in this area. and this is why I'm telling you that. Operating from a position of humanity or weakness, however you want to describe it, to me is the preferred way if you're really trying to connect with anybody. Parents, wife, children, always trying to come from a position of strength. To me, especially in this day and age, is definitely the way not to make the connection with people.
1: If you think about, we're only as strong as the weakest person around us. And that person doesn't need that fakeness. They're dealing with serious things and they need someone to, oh boy. See, that's what she talked about in the book. That person needs someone who can sit down next to them. Empathy. Yes. Can Mm -hmm. sit down next to them and be like, yo... You feeling dirty right now? Yo, let me me roll up my sleeve and show you my
0: dirt. I think she defined it as, let me sit in the dark with you.
1: Yes, let me climb into the pit with you. Let me sit in the dark with you. Let me be present because that's when people start to feel safe yes so a lot of people that are not on this journey yet because they don't yet feel safe they're still feeling the weight of everything around them so i love what myra said because it's like not just as parent, anybody who's in the place of authority especially, cause we all have influence. Let's not forget that, but anyone who is especially in a position of authority, we got it twisted and we have to realign that mindset. It's not about showing up and looking like the bright shining star, like, oh my gosh, I got it, st- I'm good. No, it's about sitting down next to somebody, the weakest person in the room and making them feel safe and then helping them in the way that you can. Sometimes that's just listening, and that's sometimes just literally your body just being present. So they feel the presence of another human. Or it could be like some of the examples that Myron shared, passing on the lessons and the stories in a way that you got dirty, you messed up, but you learned and you overcame and whatever, like whatever the moment
0: needs. With everything that we have said, I guess to, to sum it up in redefining Uh, vulnerability. And I like what Myron said in the sense of like, we could use the word showing our weakness, but just showing our humanness or showing our humility. I just wrote down a couple of things that fall under, like Shauna said, the umbrella of vulnerability because it's truly a holistic experience. So I have that vulnerability is the most accurate measure of courage. Vulnerability is to let yourself be seen. Vulnerability is removing gender shame or even profession shame. To not do vulnerability is to not do joy. To do vulnerability is to experience freedom. To move through vulnerability, it also takes trust intelligence. All of those things, when we redefine it in that sense... It will help us remove or peel away the layers of fear that comes along with vulnerability and what we have deemed it to be in society. Shauna, I know you were saying that you are the founder and CEO of Magnolia Heart Creative. So tell us a little bit more about that. Matter of fact, with that, how do you show up being a leader and a CEO? How do you show up with vulnerability? As a
1: marketer, there is... So marketing is very different from sales and it's very different from advertising. So as a marketer, my job is to build relationships with people on behalf of a brand so that they can be informed, build a little bit of trust, and be willing to purchase a service or a product. Vulnerability is at the core of my name and what my whole business philosophy is about because I want you to be okay with the type of business you have. You don't have to be Apple if you're not Apple. You don't have to be Whole Foods if you're not Whole Foods. You don't have to be Walmart or whatever, Nike, Bora. You don't have to be someone that you're not. Be you. Communicate. And build relationships. That's all about what I
0: do. I love it. So, where can people find you or get in contact with you?
1: So, Magnolia Heart Creative is the name of my company. I am on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram as Magnolia Heart C. So, with that handle, you can reach me on any of the big four. Drop me a message. I love when people are like, "Hey, I heard the podcast." I'm like, "Yay!" Tell me everything that's in your head. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yes. Just I, I'm like I said, I want to talk to people. I want to talk to you. I Want to hear your feedback and mm-hmm. just connect. And of course, if you do own a company and you would like to discuss the digital marketing services that I
0: offer, that's wonderful. Awesome. Thank you so much, love. So, Myron, how about yourself? With all the platforms, uh, that you have going on, your leadership, your relationship coach, pastoring. Tell us a little bit more about that and how do you continue to uh, show vulnerability in all those areas?
2: That's a lot. I'll give this because this is the thing I'm most passionate about right now. I'm proud to say that we have about 2,000 men uh, of a movement that we've started, a online subscription-based accountability community for men to win in the things that matter. And foundationally, uh, our whole premise is getting guys to, to be vulnerable first, right? And to admit that, that the greatest thing that they desire uh, are things that are actually things other than money and other than cars and houses mm. and, and success at a job. And so to actually get guys to do that, and I've, we've seen some amazing things happen. We've had a number of conferences, virtual conferences, and right now we're signing up men every month to be a part of the online community. And we've just seen a lot of amazing life change and healing take place in hundreds of men that have participated in the program. And so that's kind of been my mission to help men win into things that matter, which doesn't include money and things, which is more about relationships with themselves, relationships with God. Uh, relationships with integrity, and uh, relationships with their community. So one of the biggest things that we're promoting now is that we feel like the solution for male healing is in male, healthy male-to-male relationships. Uh, Not that we don't need women. It's just that a lot of men, sadly, use women as their therapists instead of really getting the help and the acceptance they need from other men. If people want to find out more about that, they can go to Men's Winning Circle, M-E-N-S Winning Circle dot com. Oh, they can go to my website, MyronEdmonds.com, and they can find me on all the platforms. It's Myron Live. ITS Myron Myron live at that's Instagram, Twitter, and then just Myron Evans on Facebook.
0: So thank you to you both. I think we've definitely dived into a lot that listeners can take away. And even for ourselves, I get it was like a reassuring thing that we're definitely on the right path when it comes to vulnerability. And not only that, I love the way you said it, Myron, where you're just like, we haven't arrived. We definitely haven't arrived. There are moments we still want to be fake. are moments that we still want to or like I was telling Shauna earlier have defend mechanisms you know so that you are not allowed to hurt me so in essence I'm not truly being vulnerable although I'm always speaking about vulnerability and authenticity that I myself also have my own issues when it comes to that it's just all about growth it's all about learning it's all about community it's all about tapping in inwardly this is what this episode was about and I hope my listeners has definitely gained as usual new discoveries and understanding that this emotion that we are talking about is no longer forbidden thank you for listening to this week's episode i hope you've gained some knowledge insight and clarity in this moment creating your own inner discoveries tune in again with new episodes released every tuesday and most importantly, head over to @she_discovered_podcast she discovered podcast on Instagram to interact with me and receive more tips and info relating to all topics discussed. As always, you are appreciated.